0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast. This is Clark. And Bobby Jean. So
1: glad you're here. Let's get started.
0: Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast. This Monday, we are in Second Samuel. And I want to say as we look at 2 Samuel... Say it. This is chapter 7, 8, and 9. And I'm excited about this because Pastor Mike Kim, a.k.a. MK, and <laughs> I are going to be preaching on this later... And the the punchline here is there's no quid pro quo with God. (laughs) Is that a fish? Is that a fish? It sounds like a fish. Quid pro quo. Quid Quid pro quo. Do you know what that is, (laughs) listening? Do you know what that is? It's Latin for something for something. Or... What do you mean? You scratch my back, I scratch yours. You give me that, I give you that. Take and give. Give and take. Tit for tat. Like those are the things that's like, it's a transaction basically. And so what happens here at the beginning of chapter seven is David finally has rest and Israel has rest. Mm. And so David's like, I want to do something for you, God, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which in itself is not necessarily a bad thing on the surface, but if you look deeper down, David's missing something important. And it's not that Mm. we do anything for God or that we earn anything or that it's all about God doing something with us and him inviting us to join him in what he's doing Mm. And so when you look at the beginning of seven, that's what David's getting at here. Mm-hmm. Chapter Verses one and two said, here I am living in a house of cedar while the ark of God remains in a tent. Basically, I have this <laughs> temple, this beautiful building, and you know what? We got I'm going to build God something, do something special for him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and then what happens here is they transition. There's a reminder to David saying, there's no quid pro quo here. It's not like what you can do for God. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. all about who God is and what God's done. Mm. So- Anyways, I'm excited about that sermon, and
1: what what Sunday will that be? The upcoming Sunday. This so one's going to be Monday?
0: no. This one's going to be later June thirteenth. Oh yeah. Okay,
1: yeah. so look forward to that. Yeah. To hear Pastor Mike Kim. In MK, sure.
0: that's right. <laughs> so, I don't know. If you you want to look through Bobby verses like five through sixteen, and you can just see all the different times where mm-hmm. God's like, "Time out, hit the brakes, Davy boy." Not what you're doing for me. Let me tell you what I've done for you.
1: Yeah. And they specifically use the phrase I have.
0: Yeah. Go through like, and read it to us. Okay.
1: So this is verse five. Go and tell my servant David. This is what the Lord says. Are you the one to build me a house to dwell in? Number verse six. I have not dwelt in a house from the day mm-hmm. I brought the Israelites out of Egypt. Um, Where? Let's see.
0: I've I've been moving. You're following me. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: verse seven. I've been uh, moving.
1: Yes. Yep. I took you from the pasture and from mm-hmm. following the flock. I have been with you wherever you have gone. I have cut off all of your enemies. I will provide. This is verse. That's verse nine. This is verse ten. I will provide a place for my people, um, and will plant them so that they. So I have will provide. I will plant so that. I'll have a home. Uh, pe- wicked people not oppress them I have appointed leaders over the people I will also give you rest
0: mm-hmm.
1: from your enemies and so I think you just made a really important distinction that's a good word for us today In saying like um God longs to be with us we talked about that in Exodus how that is like the number one main takeaway that God wants to be with his people mm-hmm. so God from the beginning like think all the way back before there was even brokenness where God Yahweh walks in the garden with Adam and Eve Yeah, just to walk with, just to be with them, yeah. just to like have a relationship, just to enjoy one another. And so, when you think back to that being like the origin of this relationship, and then now moving through these, you know, the brokenness and sin and war and struggle, and for God to continue to say, I want this for us, but please, David, remember, I don't need this. Mm-hmm. You to do that. I want to partner with you. I want yeah. and long and, and yearn for that relationship. But let's be clear. I am the Lord your God. I have done these things. Yeah. And I um I am God and you are I am creator, you are a creature.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and so that's kind of the like a a good word for me. <laughs> I feel like All in, of us, yeah. Yeah. In our day. And I'm glad
0: though, because at the end of seven, David does come around to like a prayer yeah. of Thanksgiving, like, oh, Thank you, God. You're great. Who am I? Mm-hmm. Like, who am I that you would think of me and, and do this? That's mm-hmm. grace, grace, grace. Um, hopping over to chapter eight, what's interesting is, is that there comes a time of, of peace and rest. And what the author does here, Samuel or whoever else helped him write it. Mm kind of does another play on words and names all the countries to the north and the south and the east and the west. And again, just so you know, God has delivered you from everyone, everywhere, from everything. Like Mm -hmm. everything God's done, it's God's done. Mm -hmm. And you have a place of peace now. Mm -hmm. Um, Where the rubber kind of meets the road and there's some tension here when you look through this is like some of the Old Testament wars can get pretty gnarly. Mm -hmm. And that's also one of the biggest hangups for people when they read the Bible is like, what? Why would they they kill everybody or everything? And Mm -hmm. when you look at it, God's not um, blessing war. God's not for war. Mm -hmm. But God is protecting his people and meets people right in the middle of their mess and will often use the things of their culture Mm -hmm. and the means that they are using to deliver his people. Mm -hmm. So when they go against the Moabites or Moab, um, God's using Moab's means. Of living and um, conflict, right back against them mm-hmm. to protect his people, mm-hmm. and it's still hard to swallow. Doesn't always um, sit well with us. To push a, a step further, war for them back then is very different from us today. Sure, I mean it's like survival. Like you're going to lose your wives and your kids and your family, your property, and so it's just different from a, today. War is often based on greed. It's like, mm-hmm. we want something from you and we're going to take it. Sometimes there have been justifiable wars. I think when World War II, the most popular one, but either way, war in God is just hard to get your head and your heart around.
1: Yeah. Another thing to note too, was when we, you know, we kind of read things and we don't understand the depth of like what was going on within yeah. these communities. So like you were yes. talking about the Moabites. Oh, yeah. And so like we read Moabites, you know, in 2021 and we're like, huh, like, Moab, well, Utah. Who are those guys? Oh, that's okay. fun, hike. But yeah. for you know, the the chosen people for Yahweh's people living in that time, these were people that were going against every single thing that yeah. Yahweh stood for that was good.
0: And a lot of it revolved around the harm of youth.
1: That's chil- what you had said. Children. Yeah. sexually, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Um, intimately. When it comes to slavery, uh, intimate relationship with animals.
1: Yeah. And yep.
0: God is basically trying to protect his people saying, I don't want one ounce of that right. infiltrating who I've called you to be because I've called you to be holy mm-hmm. and separate and different. And that's where God's saying, I'm going to use the means of your people in this place, in this time of history to separate you yep. and protect you because mm-hmm. I don't want you to do that. Mm-hmm. So meet Moab where they're at.
1: And we're gonna talk about those more, Man. you guys, because it's yeah. it is like as we've done D groups and um, mini churches and smaller groups and stuff. It is something that like we. We've said this before, like bring questions, bring yeah. questions to the Bible, bring questions. Let's talk about it. Let's not just shove these things away so that way they become bigger questions when you, you mm-hmm. know, come up into something when you're older or whatever. And so we're actually going to be walking through the book, How Not to Read the Bible yeah. coming up, I think, beginning in May 5th. Is yeah, that Ma- our first Yeah, May 5th one?
0: is going to be the first one. And
1: so we're going to take a break from uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast and reading the Bible each day. And we're going to do yeah. one podcast once a week and it's going through this yeah. book, How Not to Read the Bible by Dan Kimball and that's important that you remember his name Mm because there are other books called that and so one of the topics is violence, war that we are going to talk about in the book too and so we'll kind of give more time and hopefully more understanding and clarity Mm -hmm. to how we can wrap our minds around this how we can um, you know have peace but also have like clarification with like okay what does this mean uh, and how can we understand this better
0: definitely so order your book order your book today and start reading (laughs) Um, so there's that and then I think what's interesting though from there it it transitions to chapter 9
1: which hopefully
0: you read and is a really powerful story and again is a deep, intimate picture of God's grace. Mm. So long story short, back in, you know, weeks ago, we talked about David's relationship with Jonathan who had now passed away mm-hmm. and how they'd made a covenant to each other saying like they they would have each other's backs. They'd protect one another and yeah. they'd protect each other's offspring and descendants. Mm. So Saul made bad decisions. He tainted a number of the relationships within Israel, but here's a picture of David now coming to right. some of their offspring who had recently opposed David. Now what's yeah. <laughs> David going to do? So do you want to read sure. for us? Like, maybe even the verses one through 13.
1: Yeah. Will you just say this guy's name again? Cause I just. Mephibosheth. It i might just call him Mib. Mib. Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth. You okay. got it. David asked, is there anyone left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now there was a servant of Saul's house, Household name in Zeba. They called him to appear before David, and the king said to him, "Are you Zeba, your servant?" He replied. The king asked, "Is there no one still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness?" Zeba answered the king, "There is still a son of Jonathan. He is crippled in both feet. Where is he?" The king asked. Zeba answered, "He is at the house of Makir, son of Amiel, in Lodibar. So King David. Had him brought from Lodabar from the house of Makir, son of Emil. When Me say it one more time.
0: Mephibosheth.
1: Mephibosheth, you guys. Oh, God bless me as you're as you're listening to this. Son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David. He bowed down to pay honor to him. David, David said, Mephibosheth, your servant, he replied, Don't be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan. I will restore To you, all the land that belonged to your grandfather Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Mephibosheth bowed down and said, What is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Then the king Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and bring in the crops so that your master's grandson may be provided for. And Mephibosheth, grandson of your master, will always eat at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to the king, Your servant will do, my lord, the king." Whatever the Lord, my king commands his servant to do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table, like one of the king's sons. Mm. Mephibosheth had a young son named Micah, and all the members of Ziba's household were servants of Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table, and he was crippled in both feet.
0: Boom. Lots of reading, but a beautiful story.
1: (laughs) beautiful reading. Dude. A, really, a
0: beautiful reading. Gorgeous reading.
1: Right. You see, you know, the Christ likeness in David again, yeah. like him actually going way out of his way. You know, this mm-hmm. isn't just like a text message. Like, let me ask somebody to ask somebody to figure out, is get, there any of this? physically get
0: you and yes. bring you here. And I'm not even sure the distance between Lode Bar and where they're at, but it wasn't like a plane flight or a...
1: And I'm not just ja- going to give you a corner. gift card. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not going to just like, you know, spend a night with you and then put you back on your way. Like, yeah. okay, let's, you know, talk. And then you can go back home. Like, no.
0: Because what's interesting is Saul's family could be viewed as David's enemies because Saul totally. tried to kill David. Mm-hmm. No, David, David and Jonathan were tight. Mm-hmm. But even when they were enemies, David loved them.
1: Mm-hmm. That's
0: what Paul gets at in Romans. Like, even when we were enemies, Christ died for us. Yeah, He welcomes us in. So if you look at the three mm-hmm. things... David says to Mephibosheth, Jesus Christ says to us today, Mm. as don't be afraid, you have a place at my table (laughs) and I'm going to treat you like my own son or daughter. Mm. And so that's what I'm taking away from this is just resting in that reality that even when I had opposed God for my own way and my own kingdom, Mm. he invites me back and he says, I'm going to treat you in ways you don't deserve. Don't be afraid, Clark. (laughs) Mm. Repent and believe still, but don't be afraid. You have a place at my table. I'm going to treat you like my son. Yeah. And man, so I guess for me, I would encourage you listening. If you're going to send anything with these three chapters, I would rest in the beginning of chapter nine, verses one through 13. Mm-hmm. Think through everything we've talked about when it comes to David and Saul and David and Jonathan. Yeah. And what is said to Mephibosheth here, mm-hmm. don't be afraid. You have a place at my table. You belong and you're going to be like a son to me. Yeah. Anything you would add to wrap this up?
1: No, I think you said it really well. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, so this has been fun, and when you look at the rest of Second Samuel, unfortunately, it goes downhill. So the sermon series that we have <laughs> yeah. in the Samuels is the tragedy and triumph within the kingdom of God. And David had, you know, really sought the Lord and sought His kingdom and His way. And we're about to take a nosedive, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: uh, David's family line is going to get messed up because of a sin he's about to commit. So stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to keep diving in this with you in the podcast and keep yeah. reading, but. It's, uh, it's a gift to look at this Old Testament book.
1: It is. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening, you guys. God bless you today. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his countenance toward you and give you his peace. Have a great day.